Kina Ches, Eif Kina, teaches us how to, how to cry for the Kharbim, or more, what we're trying to achieve with our crying. We say, We've been cut down and destroyed, like an olive tree that has been picked clean, meaning that all the great people have been taken from us. I'll make it that I'm sorry, I'll make all the household members of Hashem, meaning all the malachim, I'll make them cry with me. I'll come to the point where I'll cause the balabayas, the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Uh, Hashem will say, please allow me, allow me and I'll make the enemies of Chal Yisrael who made them suffer thorns and, and, and thistles, meaning easily burned fire, firewood. And, and this is what we can accomplish with our crying. We can make all the malachim cry with us. We can cause Hashem to not be able to hold out anymore and be forced to end our pain and suffering. But we're searching for the right words, for the right cry, the right plea. We say, My heart is suffering to try to find the right way to find Hashem. That I should know the right words, that we can strengthen our connection with Hashem and He'll return the Shekhinah to us. And to this end, on Tisha B'Av, we, we talk and we bemoan all our pain. Every iota of suffering that Klai Yisrael had and we have had to go through to, and continue to go through because who knows which words will have the desired effect. We say, I'll speak directly before Hashem to lay out before Him all my suffering because it's Tisha B'av. Don't hold back anything. Tell Hashem of all pain that we're in, all due to the lack of Shekhinah. And Klai Yisrael never gives up. My nation that every year says, This is the year. I would let everybody know that it's a known fact. We're accepting that Hashem did this to us. In, in Kina Tess, in the ninth Kina, we demonstrate that everything that happened to us was foretold already in the Teichacha. And we could have had the associated bracha of that particular klala if we would have served Hashem. So the first half of the kinah picks out words of bracha, which precede the techacha, which we could have enjoyed if we would have kept our relationship with Hashem. We say, And then in the middle of the kinah, it switches to the words of klala. And we seem to be saying that Hashem is now acting as if He doesn't want us anymore. But we immediately add this line from Hashem, so to speak. He says, Why are you all arguing with me? Words are so harsh towards me. But this all happened from your own doing. And here we're admitting that we deserved what we got. And we're not complaining, we're just lamenting. And the struggle this kin is talking about is brought out in the verse that the nations, they mock us with. Patsu Zaydim, Lefnei Tachala, the evil one, they, they said, Lefnei Tachala, who are you davening for, to? Am Kevet, Avoin, Pakod, Vila, you're a nation who's heavy with sin and you've wearied out Hashem already. Don't wait any longer for a miracle or, or, or a sign. He got angry at you and he left you. And he said, But Klai Yisrael doesn't give up. And the kinna begs us to daven in two ways. Kumi, Davki, Shavi, Aldami. Get up, 
bang on the door's scream, Al Dami, don't be quiet, and then it asks us to daven in a different way. And daven with a small and humble voice, like the sound, quiet sound of an ayv from under the earth. So both ways of davening are important. To get up, to bang on the doors, to scream, and also to daven with humility. And we don't give up, even though the nations try to make us think that Hashem has abandoned us. Kina um, 10, no, Yud, is a, is a very lengthy kina. It goes through all the Mishmaris Kahuna, all 24 of them, who were destroyed and disbanded during the Kharban. And the kina refers to each Mishmar in a cryptic way, not by the name that they refer to in the, in the Psukim, but other identifying factors, like the place that they lived. But it begins that, Eicha Yashvel Chavatzelas Hasharin, how could Kal Yisrael, who's compared to a rose, sit in, mor- in mourning, V'domam, and the song and the praise has been silenced from the mouths of the Kahanim who used to carry the Aaron. So th- this brings to our attention a, a specific aspect of the loss of the Beis HaMikdash. We can't praise Hashem the way we're used to. So be- being in the Beis HaMikdash allowed Klai Yisrael to praise Hashem on a level we can only imagine. Imagine being in the Beis HaMikdash during the Yom Kippur Avodah. So being squashed together in the press of people, beyond belief. So crowded that the Chazal say that a fly had no room to fly. And then the Kayan Gadol screams out Hashem's name. Everybody drops to the floor. And miraculously, there's plenty of room to totally prostrate yourself and bow before Hashem. Can we even grasp a fraction, even for a second, what that Baruch Shem Kavayit meant? What would that include in itself? What kind of Shevach Takadosh Baruch that was? We say, V'huravu... They starved, they thirsted, they missed water and bread when the Shtei Alechem was abolished from Beis Lechem. And this brings to our attention the fact that each of the Karbanas brought in the Beis HaMikdash a Shefa Bracha to the world, and the Shefa Bracha came through Klal Yisrael. And we benefited from it first, and then the rest of the world benefited from all blessing and all Bracha and all prosperity through us. And now, and now it's the opposite. So Rishim Shempinkis Tzatzal, he says, imagine someone living, living in a little veg- village in abject poverty, and he receives a notification that a relative of his passed away and enclosed as a check for a thousand. So he's very excited. He never thought, saw a thousand dollars in his life. But then, after reading carefully, he sees that really he was left ten thousand dollars. And nine thousand of it was taken by the lawyer who was administering this, this estate. So then he'll be very, he'll be furious. And he says that's exactly what happened. In the base of Mikdash's time, we got $10,000 and we distributed some of it to the nations. And now what's meant for us goes through the hole that we have without having a base of Mikdash. It goes to all the nations. And then as a byproduct, we're living in Gala, so we get some of it. That's the, the difference in, 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 in bracha that happens because of the, the destruction of the base of Mikdash. The next kina kina yudalif begins by koinen yermio al yoshio. It's a, a hespid, a kina that that yermio gave on yoshio. So yoshio Hamelech was the grandson of Menashe. Menashe was a king who was a rasha, and through his during his kingdom, through his leadership, the fate of Klaiyasar was sealed. That's when the harbin was finally decreed. And his grandson, Yeshio, was a, a tzaddik, but he, and he was also the last righteous king in Klai Yisrael. And he was on the verge 
are reversing the damage that his grandfather did in Avedizara and injustice. And he could have reversed the decree of the Harbin, or at least postponed the Harbin for happening for, year, for years, but he was killed in a war. And he died in the middle of all his efforts. And his death was as much a part of the Harbin because it sealed the fate of the Harbin. And what's so important about this kinna is that it teaches us what went wrong, and there's a very chilling message in it. In truth, what Yeshua accomplished is astounding. He was unequaled, and that's according to the Navi itself. From, he was eight years old, as mentioned in this kinna, and he began to seek out Hashem on his own, because his father and grandfather, they were Shoim, and they made it almost impossible to seek Hashem. They installed idols in the base of Mikdash itself. So how is it possible that an eight-year-old could be possessed with such kedusha after having a father and grandfather like that? And that itself teaches us an important lesson, that Hashem doesn't ba- abandon Kal Yisrael. Menashe and his son Amoin, they wrecked Kal Yisrael's kedusha and Avodah in an unparalleled way. So Hashem granted us a king who was a tzaddik and a leader who was unparalleled. And Hashem always does that and always will do that for us. Yeshua made a spiritual revela- revolution through Kal Yisrael. One thing after the next. First, he just did mishpat. First ten years as a kingdom, he just spent adjudicating between people and re-establishing mishpat. That always has to come first. And then, Hashem sent him a special message because he had a project to restore the base of Mikdash, which had been derelict for so many years. And they found a Sefer Torah. And the Sefer Torah was open to the Psukim and the Teicha. Yehilich Hashem oischav es malkacha. Hashem will send you and your king into Galus. So Yeshua tore his clothing and he took this to heart and he called a gathering of all of Yisrael and he started a movement to seek and destroy all of Edizar and Eretz Yisrael. And what he did, as testified by the Navi, was never done previously. He wiped out the Azar of Edizaras of his father, of his grandfather, but even of Edizar that had been around for centuries. He, he wiped out some of the Bamois that were made by Shlomo Melech's wives. He entered the Yisrael half of Eretz Yisrael, and he finally destroyed the Avodah Dir. The Mizbeach of Yeravim ben Nevat, that he himself built, was finally demolished, fulfilling a, a, a prophecy that had been made centuries earlier. And then he brought the remnants of the ten Shvatim together, and they all brought one communal carbon Pesach, and it's one of the Haftaris on Pesach. And the amount of good and repair that he achieved is compared in this kinna to Moshe Rabbeinu. Gambachal Malchi Yisrael Shakamu Ligdar. Oh, even among all the kings of Kal Yisrael that tried to close the breach made by Zara, no one stood like him from the days of Avigdar, from Meshur Rabbeinu. And the Pasig attests that he was unequal. There was no king like him that returned to Hashem with all his heart, with all his soul, and all his ability. After him, there was none like him. And the Gemara in Shabbos comments that the Lashon Shav sounds like he did tshuva. And he didn't ever, seemingly he never did anything wrong. So one shot the Gemara gives is that after he found the Sefer Torah, he felt that all the ten years that he had done Mishpat, he was on a new level now. And he couldn't trust, that the, the, he couldn't trust the, the, the judgment that he made. So he went to all the people he ruled against and he paid them out of his own pocket. This is the level of, 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 of Tzitkis that he demonstrated. But the Pasuk immediately says that Hashem didn't relent from his decree to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. So why, why not? Why was, and why was he killed in the middle of such a grand tshuva movement, which affected every single Jew? So we say in this kinna, the reason why Kal Yisrael lost him is because of the sin of Litzon Hadar, the people who mocked the work he was trying to do in eradicating Abay Dezara. Davak b'chait Litzon Hadar asher kamu achar hadelas listar. The sin of the scorners of his generation adhered to him 
when they created an idol behind their doors. They would make this Avaidazara inscribed on the back of their door, so when you open the door to search the house of Avaidazara, you couldn't see it. And this wasn't done because they were such Avaidazara. It was just, just done to mock what he was doing. They didn't believe that it would help. They didn't believe that Hashem would listen. They didn't believe they could do tshuva. They didn't believe they could reverse the decree. They laughed at what he was doing. It's a waste of time. And that's the part that's really very chilling to us because we constantly have leaders that exhort us to change. They try to make movements to stop Lush and Hara, to stop this, to, 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 to control the different pirtzis in our generation. And all of us are guilty a little bit of this scorning, of this mocking, of not participating to the fullest extent, not being as motivated to be a part of it. And when we don't appreciate a gadol, when we don't appreciate a tzaddik, so then when we lose them. And that's what happened to Klal Yisrael. They lost Yeshua HaMalach and he couldn't complete what he was trying to do because of this chait of Latsane Hadar. That's the, the purpose that this kino wants us, the message wants, that it wants us to take to heart. Kina Yudbeis laments the fact that the Beis HaMikdash was such a Makam Kaddish, such a holy site, and now it's so desolate. It demonstrates also how many ways Hashem expressed throughout history His desire to rest the Shekhinah in the Beis HaMikdash, but now He can't. So there's a, a powerful line in this Kina. It says, Oli Asher Kivanta Mul Mechoin L'Shiftecha L'Choyfev L'Chupay Ma'ali, my tent, the, the Beis HaMikdash Asher Kivanta, that you positioned Exactly opposite the foundation of your heavenly to hover over our Beis like a, a chuppah canopy. So this refers to a famous uh, Gemara Rashi mentions in numerous times in the Torah that there's a Beis HaMikdash that correlates to the Beis HaMikdash here. And Abdesler explains the significance. He says, Yedua Beis HaMikdash Hainu Beis the Beis HaMikdash Shomayla is the Beis HaMikdash in our hearts. Make a Beis HaMikdash and I will be able to rest in your hearts. The heart is the true Beis HaMikdash Shomayla. And what happened during the time of the Charbon was that Klal Yisrael forgot that the main Beis HaMikdash is the Beis HaMikdash in our hearts. And they were relying on the Beis HaMikdash that was built. And they, did, they ignored their hearts, they did Averis, and they thought that they could rely on the Beis HaMikdash Shalmata, but once the Beis HaMikdash in our hearts gets destroyed, once we don't make a Makam Shechina for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our own lives, so then there's, that already makes the, that destroys that Beis HaMikdash, and then the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash Shalmata is a foregone conclusion. So that what we're, redoing, what we're doing now is we're actually building the Beis HaMikdash in our heart. And if we build the Beis HaMikdash Shalmayla, once that Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt, so then, by definition, the Beis HaMikdash Shalmata will be rebuilt. It just re- it, all it requires is the Beis HaMikdash that we could build and have to build in our own hearts. And that's the, one of the points that this kinna is trying to, to communicate. This kinna, kinna Yud Gimel, goes through the greatness of the Avis. HaShem showed them tremendous love and miracles. And we ask, why are, haven't we merited the Geula and protection through their schus? And essentially we're talking to ourselves. Look, look how much we must have angered Hashem if these chusim didn't help us. And more importantly, we're also reminding ourselves where we come from 
what kind of promises were made and how they're still waiting to be fulfilled, and it depends on us because the brachas are there. We say, Eikoi Oimar Koires La'av Befetzach, Verizbein Abesarim Kaiya Lenetzach. Where is this chus of the word Kai used by Hashem when he made uh, a bris, Ben Absarim, with Avram Avinu, and he said, Kaiya Zarecha, and they'll be like that forever, Lenetzach. We say, Eikoi Haftachas Akudim Nekudim. Where is the guarantee of Akudim, the Kudim that was to Yaakov Avinu with the sheep? And when he made a, had a vision at night with Hashem, and Hashem communicated with which kind of sheep he should make a deal about, and if Lavan demanded one kind of sheep, that immediately was fulfilled by Hashem. And this was symbolic of the kind of bracha that Kali Yisrael could be zeichet to, that the odds doesn't matter, or the statistics. I love and try to change the rules a hundred times, a thousand times. And if we merit the bracha from Hashemayim, we'll, ha- we'll get whatever we need in the matter situation. And another thing was also that these spots and speckles on the sheep symbolizes Klal Yisrael when they had different failings and different, different imperfections, and yet Hashem gives us bracha nonetheless, and we prosper because Hashem loves the others and He loves us. And we're trying to invoke that love. And this is hinted at in Eicha as well. Niskad oil piyadecha our Averis were dots and there were spots. But nevertheless, with these sheep, Hashem demonstrated to Yaakov Avinu that even so, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will love us and protect us. This Kina Kina Yedalit goes through all the places in the Torah where we find that Hashem already foretold the eventual Harbun of the Beis HaMikdash. The Haaretz HaSasayu in Breshis is a Remez for the desolation of the Beis Hamikdash, Asher Ad Lo Yishchokem Num Tachu. Before the heavens were stretched out, Bishali Ram Ramaz. Therein there was a, a hint, as it says, Hayos Eretz Tayu. The land was desolate, which is a destruction, a hint for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. Zan Einoi B'Makom Azay. Yaakov Avinu saw the place of the Har Maria, the Shor Shimumoi, and he saw its eventually destruction. Ve'Kainein, and he said, Akina Einze. He said, Ein Zeki and Beis Alekim, but he said, Ein Zeh, because he was seeing the destruction. And then it talks about how the Shvatim and other members of Klai Yisrael, they wanted to know when the final Gula will happen, but it was hidden from them. And Moshe Rabbeinu said as well, What point is there for me to be sent? And it will still be a need for Eliyahu Nabi to be sent. And part of what, what we're saying is that once once the Shvatim already contributed to the seed of, of Sina between them and, and Yosef, which caused the Kharbin, so now they, they couldn't know anymore when the Gula Sida would be, because now the, the job was to not know and to believe in the eventual Gula and stay with, with Amuna in Hashem, because that's the way we'll be Zeicha to build through Kharbin. Kharbin is something that was built into creation from, from, from the beginning. It was a necessary part of growth. If we choose the right thing, then it's not necessary. But once we don't, then Kharbin is part of the Seder of how we grow, how we perfect ourselves so that we can accomplish our, our Tikkun and bring the Gula. <laughs> we've endured, as told in Megillus Eicha, and each vo- verse co- ends with a quote from Eicha. Kilinu kama'at, we're almost destroyed, kivin nilcham, because Hashem seemed to be at war with us, but on the evil Hashem himself regretted, because even though we sinned, 
Hashem still has mercy. Kilo Kasai Vehitzis Lahavai, he diminished his anger and his fire burnt to the extent. Uvetachlis Shishima Ure Arakabu Kilo Anamiliba. And after six years of burning out, only after it was mostly out, it was set upon us. Because Hashem didn't punish us willingly. And this refers to a Chazal that when he sent the destructive fire to burn the base of Mikdash, the Malach Gavriel held it in his hands for six years to cool the coals and allow them to mostly burn out before setting them upon the base of Mikdash. And that was the dem- demonstration of the extent of Hashem's mercy. And it's not like we said, like we said in the past week's parasha, Besinus Hashem Aisonu, Hoytzionu Mimitzrayim, that Hashem hates us, but rather it was demonstrated that Hashem did all that was in His power to diminish the suffering and to push it off as much as possible.